What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast, episode 181. We have a Monday rundown here on a Wednesday. Sean and I jumped right in. We talked about, basically, we just gushed over Tom Brady for a little bit, but we recapped the two championship games. We'll be doing a little more of a Super Bowl preview next week. We have two weeks to do that. After that, we talked rumors. Uh, I got a little giddy over to Sean Watson. Following that, we talked golf for two seconds. Talked some MLB, especially Yankees, and then some Hall of Fame. Went around the league a little bit, and then we talked the NBA. Follow us on Twitter at Sorry Sports, on Instagram, Sorry underscore Sports. Check out the website, SorrySports.com. And if you have anything to say, shoot us an email, SorrySports at Yahoo.com. We will be back probably Sunday with a pod. A little something extra for you guys right before the Super Bowl. Enjoy the pod and stay safe this weekend. podcast we're here for another week we are past the championship games dude we've got a super bowl can't believe we made it this far how you doing well the stock market is going wild um and i'm a genius you went into GameStop, didn't you no i did not i was late to the party for that uh i am on this is by the way this is a complete joke i mean not that stocks are not propped up by other things normally, but just the internet's put that on steroids like everything else. So I'm just trying to ride the wave and get out early. Obviously not investing uh, investing any money that matters to me. No, I'm actually a genius because I finally pulled off the perfect hedge, Sean, on the Super Bowl. Did you now? Yes. At the beginning of the year, I bet the Kansas City Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. And then... I took the Tampa Bay Buccaneers money line this past week. So either way, I will win money. This is really amazing that you do this because all you've done is talk about how the Packers were your team and you picked the Packers and the Packers this and the Packers that. Now all of a sudden you went, you abandoned the team that you picked to go money line with the Bucks, and now you're saying you're a winner. It's sad is what it is. Well, actually, that's that's not what happened if you were listening to me um, on the call. You must be watching the Nets game again. What I said was that I picked the Chiefs at the beginning of the year as a futures bet to win the Super Bowl. And then after the after the Buccaneers went to, won the championship game, I bet the Buccaneers. And honestly, Sean, I, I'm upset because... You're not congratulating me on my genius. This bet was placed. Right. My first bet, my Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl win, was placed was placed on September sixteenth. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I congratulations. I was I wasn't on the Packers. I wasn't on the Packers. But you know what? I said it during the NBA pod. I'm done doing that. I'm done trying to make these exotic picks so I look like a genius and I'm just going to pick who, who I actually think is going to win now and obviously I thought the Chiefs were going to win because on September 16th I bet them to win the Super Bowl so uh, from now on I'm just going to say who would I bet on I like it it's going to be a lot more boring clean. but that's what's going to happen I think that's going to clean a lot of honestly I thought the Bills were going to play a little bit better I was wrong on that pick that was my exotic pick from last pod 
and that didn't go well. I was pretty damn close well. with the Packers picking them to go to the Super Bowl, though. Hey, and in time that they go to the NFC Championship game, and it's a game with a couple minutes left that we'll get into. Controversially, they could have won that game. So, hey, what, what can you do? Let's talk about it. Okay, NFC Championship Bucks are going. 31-26 victory over the Packers. Obviously, the big controversy in this game is kicking the field goal there, the decision made by LaFleur, taking the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hand. There's a lot to get into the game. Let's start with that. What were your initial thoughts as the, the events were transpiring? Because I, I was kind of – I thought that they were they were giving Tampa Bay this game. Yeah, I think um, maybe if you have Sam Darnold as your quarterback, you kick a field goal there. Or I'll go even with playoff quarterbacks. Maybe if you, if you have Ryan Tannehill – or Baker Mayfield, you go for a field goal there, but it's Aaron Rodgers. I mean, mm-hmm. chances are he's going to get the touchdown. And I think that was just a loser's mentality. I thought it was horrible. Yeah, I'm with you. That was a coach Worst that... case, you pin him. And Tom Brady played like ass in the second half, right? Yeah, he did. Three so, picks. I mean, you let your defense go to work, and then you get the ball back. That's the worst case. Would you say that Rodgers has probably won the MVP this year? Yeah, I mean, listen, I know I picked him to win MVP. Um, I think he he is going to win the award. Um, and it's, it might be more of a Patrick Mahomes fatigue kind of thing. I think Patrick Mahomes is more deserving. But, yeah, Rodgers won the MVP. Okay, so you the ball out of the MVP's hand, and not just any MVP. Yeah. The, a, top, a top four quarterback, top three quarterback for the last ten years. Mm-hmm. So – to me, this is why. This is just another reason why he wants to have a little bit more clarity as to what the fuck is going on in Green Bay, because that's a coward move by by Lafleur. There, it, there was nothing else. I saw him do that. But now you're trusting your defense. That's not a great defense. I don't care what the stats. It's not a great defense. And I know that caused Brady to throw a few picks. But you're now saying that's okay. We're gonna we're gonna stop him and we're gonna get the ball back and we'll be fine. Uh, you're playing Tom Brady, dude. But again, to go back to it, if if you're that confident in your defense, then then you go for the touchdown and if you don't get it, you're basically punting within the within the five yard line. Yeah, you're 100 percent right. So if you're that confident in your defense, I think even more so, you go for it there. There was not a reason that I could process to to not go for it. Yeah, that game was terribly coached by the Green Bay Packers. Uh, you want to talk about the other side and just true greatness? I do, because I love greatness. Brady, dude, first. Uh, yeah, amazing. I mean, the stats are just, I'm sure people are just not even tired of the stats, but they've heard all of them. I mean, all you have to say is 50% of Tom Brady's career, he's gone to the Super Bowl. And out of the representing the NFC, he's going to the Super Bowl as many times as Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> and he's played in that league for one year. God damn it. And That's you know, you talk amazing. about true greatness, and you know, we I feel like we have this GOAT conversation in basketball more than anything. But you know, with Jordan, he is the GOAT, but you could at least make a case. I think I can make a good case to you that. LeBron is nipping at his heels, and Kareem had a great career and all this stuff. Uh, Brady, I mean, he's in the penthouse, and everybody else is is on the first floor. 
of a of a very tall building, by the way. There you go. Um, yeah, it, it's it's so hard because football and like every other sport is the positions are so fucking different, and there's so many of them. But, this but is yeah, quarterback, to go baby. to to go to ten Super Bowls over the span of twenty years, and the first of the first being in the NFC the first in the NFC now, his first year after making that move from New England at the age of fucking 43 years old. It's, you can't make it up. He has double the amount of playoff wins of any other quarterback in the history, not to mention all of the times that he didn't even play a first-round game that he probably would have won because of all the times that the Patriots had a bye week. Yeah, exactly. I think he has like 30, he's, Thirty-three. He has over thirty-three playoff wins. Thank you. Thirty-three and playoff they, wins, and the Patriots were the one seed, probably ten years. So I'd say another. So we'll put them at forty-three. It's fucking unreal, man. Not to mention, um, he if he wins the Super Bowl this year, isn't it true that he will have won more than any other franchise? That'd be seven. He will have won more than any other franchise. Yeah. Yeah, we That's... have, what, the Steelers have six? Yeah, so does Brady. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, these stats are crazy because every you just can't believe. Yeah, you just can't sense. wrap your brain around it. No. It's like the Mariano stat, like more people have walked on the moon than scored off him in the postseason. Those kind of stats are just like, wait, that doesn't even, it doesn't even, you know, you can't get sense of it. It's truly amazing. And listen, I know he threw the three picks in the second half, and momentum wasn't totally his way, but I thought he looked sharp for the most part. He had the one pick that wasn't really his fault. And for the most part, he looked like Tom Brady in a playoff game on the road in cold weather. Yeah, and you got to give credit to their defense as well. Defense played really well, man. And they were getting after Rodgers early and often in this game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that that defensive line, their defense hasn't looked great throughout the year. They've been very up and down. But the last couple games I've watched, they've been getting a shit ton of pressure. And they've really showed up at the right time. Shaq Barrett and JPP were getting after Rodgers very often in this game. And JPP kind of turned it back to clock, saving his best for the postseason. And Rodgers was under duress. Uh, it's still amazing to me, man, how, yes, he has the, probably the number one receiver in the league right now, right? But outside of that, how they just continue to not give him help on the offensive side of the ball as far as weapons are concerned. I mean, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, really? Like, that's your number two, probably? <laughs> yeah, him and Alan Lazard. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. It, it really is. If I were him, and it sounds like he is, you just got to be so fucking pissed off at this organization for what they've done. Absolutely, man. I, I mean, you take Jordan Love with the 26th pick. Definitely a few wide receivers after that that he could have used. Every year we've been saying this, and every year it continues to show it deep into the postseason because he's that good that he can carry a team that far basically every year. But – we obviously saw they laid an egg in the NFC title game last year against San Francisco, and they didn't have enough offense in this game, and it doesn't matter how good Rodgers is. There's just not enough guys who are going to get open and make big plays down the field. Tampa has them all over the place, and aside from Adams, Green Bay doesn't have anybody. Yeah, absolutely. 
I mean, I'm just looking at last year's draft alone, and I mean, I'll name a few guys. You think the Packers could have used Michael Pittman from Indianapolis? <laughs> of course, yeah. <laughs> T. Higgins on Cincinnati. He had a good year. He did. LaVisca Chenault even had a good year for the Jacksonville Jaguars with you throwing him the ball. Um, and then Chase Claypool, another guy. And Denzel Mims on the Jets. Jesus Christ. Yep. I know. And they take the heir apparent, despite them saying that they want Rodgers for the next three years. Yeah. Really good job there, Green Bay. That is just a bad front office, and I can't blame him for being – I mean, he's a surly guy, you know, especially after losses. And he can come off a little pompous, but that's just his personality. Uh, and I don't really blame him for acting that way. I, I don't know how I feel about him throwing uh, LaFleur under the bus. I, I'm usually, uh, you know, rip him a new asshole behind closed doors and then just tell the media, you know, it is what it is. That was the call. But, hey, listen, he's upset. I think it's he's tired of trying to ease some of the pain, and I think he's trying a little tired of trying to defend whether it be – management whether it be coaching decisions whether it be personnel I mean, look at how many team. years he had to do that with mccarthy with the boneheaded uh, plays he was calling yeah and again not tremendous rosters and losing now this was his fourth nfc championship game that he's lost compared to the one that he's won and i mean they lost to an atlanta team that choked against the Pats. they lost in overtime in seattle because their defense choked and then they got blown out last year because their offense couldn't do much and their defense couldn't stop San Francisco from running the ball down their fucking throats. And then obviously we saw what happened on Sunday. It's If I'm him, and, you, and I think he's very cognizant of the fact that he doesn't have a lot of prime left in him, no matter how good he is, that they're wasting a golden opportunity with him and for them to take Jordan Love I mean, how can you not be pissed? And if you're the MVP, you're Aaron Rodgers, and they say they love you, your coach just took the ball out of your hands. Wow, that's a storm right there. That's just a storm of bad stuff. I, You know what, Sean? I think they really should just make a separate wing for Tom Brady and the Hall of Fame, honestly. And this is a guy I've rooted against my whole life, but he, I love him now because he's not on the Pats. Um, and I mean, just thinking about Rogers career, cause maybe he'll retire. You never know. Another guy, Breeze and Rivers retiring. All those guys will probably make it into the hall of fame along with Eli Manning and Roethlisberger and whatever. But it's just like, they, they can't hold Tom Brady's jock. Honestly. No, it's, it's That's why there needs to be a separate wing. Yeah, or they should just name the Pro Football Hall of Fame the Tom Brady Pro Football Hall of Fame. I think they should make a separate wing and then, you know, maybe Patrick Mahomes, if he if he gets six Super Bowls or seven Super Bowls or has the kind of statistical su- success that Brady's had, maybe you put him in the Tom Brady wing. Dude, fuck just the statistical stuff. How about just the longevity? Yeah, I mean, that Aside alone. from having his ACL blown out in 2008 and then missing four games because of bullshit deflate gate, he, he hasn't missed any fucking games. I know, man. It's, it's hard to put into words because it's just so much better than anything else we've ever seen. It's truly remarkable, man. It really is. Okay, enough sucking him off, but I think it was right that we did. There was a second game. You like Tom Brady, right? Of course I do. Yeah. 
I don't know, like the weird. I find him weird to be with his kids sometimes. Well, the kissing on the lips is a little much. Yeah. That's the only thing. I mean, I'm as a father, I'm probably not going to kiss my kid on the lips. Kiss on the head, maybe, but lips, no thanks. Yeah, the TB12 stuff, his Instagram things, you know, he's a little can you Can you really argue with the TB12 stuff, though? Like you said, the guy's played fucking 20 years. No, I'm not arguing with it. I'm just saying, like, he's... He's a little goofy off off the field, like he just he is, and he's kind of turned himself a little bit more into that different kind of persona. That's not just you know head he's down. He's a marketeer, football, bro. He's a marketer, which is fine. I'm just saying that those are things that people I think are who hate who really don't like him. They're going to use those more now than aside from maybe just butt hurt fans that of teams who he's beaten throughout his entire career. You can't but, hate Brady, man. You you he was a Giants fan. You own him. Dude, I I don't. I just said I don't. I mean, I don't hate greatness, man. I mean, I love Belichick, too. I mean, there is no reason from my standpoint to hate or dislike Brady. Absolutely, man. We'll be talking about some greatness or lack thereof later with the MLB Hall of Fame. Let's talk about a little more greatness. Kansas City Chiefs took care of business. Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. I think they might be, are they the most lethal combo ever? Not not a running back wide receiver combo, just any combo. That's so hard. I don't know if yeah. Michael Irvin, Emmett Smith, Tiki again, Barber, Jeremy Shockey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, obviously. Uh Ahmad Bradshaw, Jake Ballard. Um No, I think this is the most I will say the most explosive yeah. tandem. Jeez, I wish I could run like that. He's a bad guy, bad human, but he can really run. They just, you cannot match up with them. And they, you could see from the beginning, I know they got off to the 9 nine nothing. Uh, they failed, they fell behind 9 nothing, I should say. But then you could see everything they were going from there on was, we're going to beat you with speed, we're going to beat you on the outside, and Buffalo had no answer. No, not at all. And, and Allen just, the moment looked a little too big for him. He looked a little overwhelmed. But you know what? I don't blame him because I think the Chiefs can just do that to you when you're up 9 nothing. you just get a nice fumble recovery on Hardman and and your offense doesn't get much momentum because you can't run down the field, but you still score the touchdown and then you blink and you're down 14-9 to in 10 seconds. This has kind of been Kansas, City, Kansas City's MO, too. We saw it last year in both the divisional and the championship games and obviously in the Super Bowl, too. They were down for the most part of that game. This is kind of what they do. Remember, we talked about it on the pod last week when we were making our predictions. And I was like, I don't love that they just kind of let teams hang and let teams do what they want. Eventually, that's going to come out to bite them, but it didn't in this game. No, and, and this one, when they went up 14-9, to I don't know if you felt this way, but I was just like, it's over. Yeah, I did, actually. The way they were cooking that game. Mm-hmm. Which gives yeah, me confidence moving into the next game because – they grabbed that lead and they didn't give it up again this game. No, they they put the pedal to the floor and it was it was very obvious that they had no interest in letting Buffalo get the idea that they were still a part of this football game. Yeah, and that defense makes plays when needed. They do. Yeah, they give up a lot of yards and a lot of big plays, but they do seem to step up when it matters. Uh, what did you think of Mahomes? How did you think he was looking and uh, moving around out there? See, it's hard to judge with Mahomes because when he's not moving full speed, he's got this like weird jog to him that just makes me feel uncomfortable. That's just his natural <laughs> jog. 
Mm-hmm. Um, kind of goes along with his voice. But um, <laughs> listen, I love him. He's welcome on the pod anytime. I'll just use oh, a voice yeah. changer. Um, but <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, come on. The guy had good numbers. So, I mean, he obviously wasn't con- either he was concussed and it didn't matter because it was a big game. I think the turf toe was a little bit more something. But you could really see it. Um, what was the the game before this um, with the, the turf Cleveland toe? Game. Because he was he wasn't being able to really step into his throws. Tony Romo pointed out a bunch of times, but this game he seemed like I mean the guys were wide open and he was hitting them. Yeah, he he looked a lot better in this game than he did in the Cleveland game, and that bodes well for having that bye week now leading up to the Super Bowl where he can get as healthy and as much rest as he can possibly need uh, to be able to look as close to 100% as he needs to on Super Bowl Sunday. Yes, sir. I got a couple golf picks later for you, too. For the, for You're the, doing uh, some golf picks. Yeah, I mean, we have a low week, so if anybody wants to throw a little cash on that. I like it. Yeah, let I me like know when you're ready for that because it's not in the notes. I kind of, I just decided to do it right now. All right. Well, I, that would make sure why it wasn't in the notes. Um, <laughs> let's just talk about rumor mill in the NFL because it's going crazy, and we're not going to deep dive into this. We'll, we'll do that at a later time um, in the near future. But you sent me a screenshot of Deshaun Watson saying that his preferred destination, I think this was Saturday, according to Bleach Report, was the New York Jets. And uh, I, I don't know if you were, I don't know what you were doing, if your clothes were fully off by the time you sent the text. Mm. Um, but it had to be something to see that. And man, for your sake, I hope I hope there's uh, truth to this. Dude. I mean, I, I, we talked about the trade package last week. The Jets are most likely in the best position to go out and get him. And, I mean, listen, I'm just hoping it's a matter of time. I, I got to tell you, I donated uh, I donated my Sam Darnold jersey to Goodwill. Already? Yeah, yeah. I, I felt like it was good, good mojo to just get rid of it. The only jersey I got left is a Chris Ivory jersey, which I'll never get rid of because that was my fucking guy. <laughs> doesn't make any sense but okay um uh, man i, I was I, i'm at a loss for words if this actually happens like this will be my super bowl it'll be like lemayhew times a million yeah dude this is oh i you won't be able to stop me from talking if they get to sean watson no, I would literally just put my phone on mute and let you just go. <laughs> it would be it would be the Deshaun Watson emergency pod, and I will do the intro, and then I will put my phone on mute. Maybe I'll walk around, do a couple laps, come back. I'll see how long you were going. I said I think I got time for a little bit more. Yeah, this is um, things are is, things are looking okay for the Jets right now. Believe it or not, the, the Jets are in a tremendous position. I just want to say thank you to the Texans. The team chaplain, who's actually running the team, the ownership for being for making the Jets look like the Patriots of the last twenty years, to Deshaun Watson to want to come there. I just want to say thank you. You know, we talk about the word culture in all sports, and Jets culture right now is on the rise. Solid it's the such man. a fucking dumb word to use because no one knows what the hell it means. It's such a subjective term. But you see when there is good culture and you see when there's bad. You don't get – Jacksonville makes 
Houston look like, you know, they're the they're the Jets of the last 30 years and and Jaguars are the Pats. Like that's how bad Houston is. And he needs to get the fuck out and hiring Robert Sala the most respected, I think we hear about the enemy a lot, but Robert Sala I think was the most respected guy that got hired and universally lauded as the best hire of the coaching carousel this year. And Deshaun Watson saying, yep, I want to play for that guy. I want to play in New York City for that guy because they've got draft picks, they've got assets, and I can be, I can lead them to the promised land. I mean, what the fuck more could you want from that, dude? Yeah, man. Uh, I'm on cloud nine and nothing's even happened. By the way, the Mets just traded Steven Matz. We'll get into that later. Just wanted to get it out there. Cool. Um, but back to more important things like the Jets. Yeah. Man, if it doesn't happen, I'm going to be really sad. But let me tell you something that I really don't want to happen. Nice little segue here. The Jets better not give up anything for Matthew Stafford. No, I don't think they will. I mean, there was, I heard on one podcast, and maybe this guy had no idea what the fuck he was talking about, talking about trading number two for Matthew Stafford. Are you fucking kidding me? What podcast was this? I don't even know, but I, have you ever looked at Matthew Stafford's injury chart? I'm just going to say this before we talk about the Jets and Matthew Stafford. I like Matthew Stafford. I think he's been a product of the one of the worst organizations in football that made Barry Sanders retire early and made Calvin Johnson. Megatron yeah, retire early. So Matthew Stafford, for getting them to four playoffs, I think he's done an admirable job. I don't think there's any fucking chance in hell the Jets go near him. The Jets are not close to a win-now team. And Matthew Stafford is not ready to be a quarterback for the next four years as the Jets get to where they want to be. Number two for Matthew Stafford is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Thank you. Uh, I, I feel a little bit better. I, I think he'd be a better trade for maybe maybe the Niners. The team that I have circled is the Colts. Ooh. Running he it back like with a, another older quarterback again? I like that. He feels like a better version of Phil Rivers. Yeah, absolutely. As long as you can stay healthy, which, let me tell you, he can't. Um, all right, we got that out of the way. Another little bit of news. Now, we're only talking about this news because the Super Bowl is two weeks away. So we got plenty of time to preview that game. We'll do that next week, right? Going to have Frenchie mm-hmm. on. That'll be exciting. I uh, let the cat out of the bag there. It's a little nugget for you. The Rams have a uh, quarterback quarterback competition. Um, <laughs> Jared Goff, the, I believe, $180 million man, right? Yeah, something around that ballpark. Versus uh, the everyman who was working for, um, you know, Charles Schwab or something last year. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. I hope he did well on, on GameStop. Sure he, probably, in. He, he, was, he was probably forecasting that bitch real well. Um, dude, I'm telling you right now, he's not he's not going to be a member of the Rams. So the quarterback competition will be between Wofford and whomever they bring in or whomever they draft. You think he's not you think they're going to cut him? No, he's traded. He's gone. Did you hear the GM today? No. Give me a quote. <laughs> the, the, the reporter asked the GM of the Rams, is Jared Goff part of your long-term future? And he just goes, well, he's, he's in Los Angeles Ram right now. That's <laughs> for sure. And I can't give any certainty to what might happen. I'm like, oh, my God. If I've ever seen somebody's career on a team get sewn shut 
that was it right there. Holy crap. Who's trading for Jared Goff? Just another name to throw in the throw in the ring, dude. Well, I mean, you have you have Stafford. Watson, I don't even put in this category because he's fucking greatness and I would give up anything for him. Um, but, I mean, you have Stafford, you have Goff. I, I've heard that, uh, that Matt Ryan's a little bit tougher to trade for because he's got some fucking absurd contract. You have Dak Prescott. Don't forget about him. He's Garoppolo. a free agent. Garoppolo. So, uh, and apparently Tua. Maybe Rodgers. Maybe Darnold. Sheesh. The Jets flipping Darnold just got, not even that it got tougher because I think they could do it, but the price has gone way down. It's it's wild, dude. It really is. Starting to feel like the NBA here. And the biggest dark horse is, is Rodgers. Yeah. I think he's back with the Packers. I do too, but... Let's just say it for fun. I mean, if I think he, they're going to kiss and make up, and maybe they'll draft a wide receiver in the first round this year. Yeah, I'll believe that when I see it. Let's just um, hope he's not Nikhil Harry. <laughs> yeah, somebody who can actually catch the ball. Uh, I think he's had enough of Marquez Valdez Scantling. Uh, but yeah, man, this is going to be this is going to be a, an off season. Like, I mean, last year was pretty nuts. I think this year we are entering NBA territory. That's a good point by you. It, it, it feels like it. At least for the quarterback position. It seems like it's a quarterback and everybody else in the NBA. Or uh, in the NFL, excuse me. Um, and that's how it's always been, how it always will be. Um, but yeah, if, at least for the quarterback. I mean, we'll see if Watson can pull it off with a few years left on his deal. And you want know the other crazy thing? Because I was doing a little more research, listening a little more. You tell me how bad of a cap hit that Deshaun Watson would be. You know how much money he's owed dead cap hit this season? No. $10 million. That's it. Well, please. That is it. I mean, obviously his $30 million kick in next year, but if the Jets really wanted to go all in this year, you got, I think they have $70 million in cap space. That means you got $60 million in cap space. Come on, just trade for the guy. Trade for him. Bring in Allen Robinson. Use your draft picks. I mean... I mean, you're still going to have the 23rd pick this year, even if you trade the second. And you're still going to have a first-round pick next year, even if you trade your first pick. I think you're going to be looking at trading three firsts. That's fine. If we don't have have a pick in, what is it, 2023, but we still have our first-rounder, still have a first-rounder in 21 and 22, I mean, come on. No good team has a question about their quarterback. They have questions elsewhere, which generally you can fill in through free agency, yes. the draft, and trades. Every, you have every Super Watson Bowl winner has a question fine. somewhere. It's just never the quarterback. Exactly. So if you have Deshaun Watson, you're fine. You'll figure the rest out. Yes, sir. All right. Should we want me to do golf now really quick? Yeah, let's let's do a little golf here. All right. Let's head over to Tory Pines, my friend. I'm sure you've heard of it. Um, Farmers Insurance Open coming up this week. This is really known as the first, um, I want to I, I want to say legitimate um, golf tournament of the year. Last week they played the Amex, but a lot of guys were trying new clubs. Um, you know, they it was it was it's just it was it was a nightmare to bet on. I can say that. Um, <laughs> okay. Out to San Diego, California, it's supposedly. 
going to be a little bit rainy this week. I'm going to give you four guys for my foursome. Are you ready? Oh, I'm so ready for this. All right, number one, Gary Woodland. I know he had a little bit of an Achilles injury, and he's had to recover from that. But he made a top 20 last week. He looks fully back, and he goes low at Torrey Pines every single time. Last year, John Rahm, excuse me, not John Rahm, Tony Finau, another guy for me who seems to finish. They call him top five Tony for a reason in the top five, but he can never win the big one. I think this might be his year. The momentum starts right now. I believe he is going to win this tournament, so he's obviously in my foursome. He plays amazingly at Torrey Pines. And then I'm going to give you two off the board, guys, if you don't mind. All right. Now go. All right. My first guy, I had him picked last week. He didn't do it, but I got him again this week. He plays really well in tough weather, and it's supposed to be really rainy out there. And that's Sam Burns out of LSU, by the way. Now, that's Um, a name I am not familiar with at all. Yeah, well, you better start paying attention, bro. I'm giving you these names. (laughs) I'm giving you these names, my man. And then my last guy is a guy that everybody should know, and that's Xander Shoffley, the guy hits fucking rockets. All right. So Woodland... Finau, yes. Burns, you said? Sam Burns, and Xander okay. Shoffley. All right. There's That's your four. Your four. Do some top 20s. This, I mean, it's still early in the season. All these guys could miss the cut for all I fucking know. Just do some top 20s. Maybe some top 10s for Finau and for Woodland. But if you're going to go for a winner, pick Finau. He's probably got pretty good odds up there. No football this weekend. Yeah, exactly. It'll give you something to watch along with the basketball. All right, let's talk MLB. First of all, that was good to have that your, your foursome back here. This is this is nice. It's um, nice to have golf back. It wasn't gone yeah. for long, but it, it sucked that it was gone. Yeah, you, you kind of got used to having everything at once, right? So Yeah. Uh, okay. Oh, by the way, Tiger's yeah. out until possibly the Masters. Yeah, well, he has his, he had the surgery on the back a couple weeks ago. Yeah, this, this is probably surgery number 10 on the back alone. Poor guy, dude. Well, hopefully he's if he's back in April for the Masters. That's that's when we're going to really want to see him. So hopefully he gets right by then. Let's talk a little Yanks first, and then we can go in a couple other moves, and then we'll have to unfortunately talk about the Hall of Fame. Um, <laughs> the Yankees had a nice nice splash this weekend, man. They acquired Jamison Tyon from the Pittsburgh Pirates in exchange for four prospects. Tyon was the second overall pick in 2010, the year before they selected Garrett Cole. So teammates reunited in New York. I really like this trade for the Yanks. The guys had two Tommy Johns, so obviously you're a little concerned there. But the upside shows him to be one of the top pitchers in baseball if he can stay healthy. And you're hoping if you're the Yanks, you get another one of these former these Pittsburgh guys who don't do great there and go to either the Rays or the Astros and now the Yankees and become all-stars like Glass now did and obviously like Cole did. So what were your thoughts on this move? I I happen to really like it, and they didn't have to give up a lot for him. I loved it because of the fact they didn't have to give up a lot for him. I I really like this pitcher. I I always have. He's been on many a fantasy baseball team of mine. Cancer survivor as well. That's that's pretty awesome. Um, Listen, they gave up basically next to nothing for him, and I really like the shots that the Yankees have been taking. Another guy, when they went out and got Kluber, he pitched an inning last year. Uh, this guy, I don't even think pitched last year. 
Obviously, Severino and Herman he came back finish. in September and made a few starts, but that was after his second time to John. Yeah, I, I love the shots that they're taking this year, and you're just shoring up your your the back end of your staff. Yeah, and you're hoping that he can turn into be one of your front end pitchers, right? Because Absolutely, the stuff is there. Absolutely, and you know when they signed Lemayhew, you and I were talking, and I just said pitching, 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 and I think you agreed with me on that. And the Yankees are clearly listening; they're clearly listeners of the pod. They're listeners of the pod, and you've obviously got your relationship with Cashman, mm-hmm. and he's been listening to you. I think you guys have had a lot of a lot of heart to hearts uh, in twenty twenty one. He brings you up every once in a while. I like that. I like that. I like to think I know what I'm talking he about. He calls you that yeah. ugly guy that you that you do the podcast with. He's like, oh, he knows he's a never, lot of stats. So yeah, he's, never fucking, <laughs> he's never fucking seen me. Relax. That's just not a nice – you're a bad guy and a bad teammate. Um, Adam Adovino, the Yankees just dumped him yeah, that was, to Boston. Uh, first of all, you never see that. You never see a Yankees-Red Sox trade. And I was a little taken back by that. Were you? I mean, he oh, had a terrible yeah. year last year. He had a terrible year, and honestly, he he has not been great since the end of the first half of 2019, but he still has good stuff, and he's in the last year of his contract. And to me, all this said was we're trying to shed as much salary as we possibly can to upgrade our roster and stay under the 210 mark. And Adovino was making $9 million and heading into the last year of his $27 million deal. To just ship him to Boston for a washing machine I thought was really interesting uh, because I still think he's a good pitcher and he's going to obviously upgrade their bullpen a lot. But they turn around today and they signed Darren O'Day, who remember very well from the Baltimore days, mm-hmm. to a $2.5 million deal for one year. And, and they clearly think that as I think that that's an upgrade. specialist, I think it's an upgrade too, man. I'm really happy with that. He's got a nice fastball changeup. And, you know, I... I love the moves. Everything he's doing, everything he touches seems to turn to gold, except Gary Sanchez. Well, and, and you can definitely picture Gary Sanchez swinging lifelessly through those Adovino sliders a couple of times this year. But, um, it would have been nice to keep him out of the AL East, but it didn't happen. No, in Boston, you know, they were probably happy to take him. And yeah, I, I definitely surprised me because we've talked about it both on and off the pod of, of Adovino being a guy that they're going to need to return to form this year. And, to get a cost-effective guy who's probably going to have a better year this year, uh, you know, compared to what Adovino did, Darren O'Day had a 1.1 ERA last year and went 4-0. and Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Adovino is one of the top relievers coming out of Colorado, but he just didn't really do it for the Yankees. Uh, thank you for your time. Moving on um, off of him. Anything else for the Yankees? Not much else. All they did was formally announce the LeMahieu and uh, Kluber signings today. What I'm interested to see, it sounds like Gardner's coming back, uh, however we feel about that. It sounds like it's pretty much a given. They need to figure out this roster spot. If they're going to bring him back, you got Andahar and you've got Talkman. Something tells me there's another trade. And you got Clint. Well, I'm not putting Clint in there because Clint's going to be the everyday West Fielder. Perfect. So I'm I'm talking I'm talking guys who would be that's my guy reserve guys I know he's your guy he's one of mine too I mean listen I think I think for what it is you talk about culture and, and I think he's great for the locker room I think honestly what this tells me is that they're they're thinking about moving on from one of the two of the other guys you mentioned yeah I, I think it, 
Cashman said back in the early winter that he's been getting calls left and right about Talkman. Well, if you bring back Gardner, now's the perfect time to trade Talkman because Gardner's going to cover you in left and center. If Clint needs a day or, if God forbid, Judge and Sand get hurt again and Clint goes to right, Gardy can play every day in left or center. So can Talkman, and he's younger. So if you're really trying to bring Gardy back and spend some of that money on him, what the fuck do you need Talkman for? You can't continue to have these guys who can clearly play every day sitting on the shelf in the hope that somebody that they're ready to step in if somebody gets hurt. You can't predict baseball that way. And if other teams want these guys, you got to try to move them. Absolutely. I love Talkman, but I think he'd uh, he'd bring us back another pitcher, and that'd be great for me. And you. Absolutely. For sure. All right, let's sure. go around baseball now. JT Romuto back to the Phillies, $115 million deal. Five years. To me, honestly, this one was an inevitability. I just didn't really think the market was there for him once the Mets went out and got McCann. Totally agree, man. Uh, this felt like a fait accompli. And the Braves were kicking the tires on him, but the, you knew the Phillies were going to step up. They couldn't lose him. No, not at all. Phillies, honestly, man, they need to make the playoffs this year. Yeah, they do. They're like, oh, it's a, a lot must. of pressure's on him. Is, do you think Didi's going back there now, too? Yeah, I think um, with the Anderton Simmons signing, which we're going to speak about, there's really not much of a market for him either. No, Cincinnati and Philly seem to be it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but Cincinnati's got a couple good middle infielders. They do, but they don't really have a shortstop right now, and their top shortstop prospects about a year or two away. I think okay. Didi wants a multi-year deal. He, he's talking about two years at $15 million per. So I think that might be scaring some teams because as you're going to go down the line here, a lot of these guys are getting one-year deals. Yeah, absolutely. All right, moving on to the next one. Speaking of a one-year deal, the Blue Jays signed Marcus Simeon to a one-year $18 million deal. That definitely strengthens their lineup. Simeon was a top-two MVP player two years ago, uh, from what I remember. Um, Just an all-out gamer. Interested to see where he's going to play if Bo Bichette's their everyday shortstop. He's playing second base, man. They, they said Simeon's going to come in and play second. I guess they're moving um, Biggio to the outfield. Or super utility, yeah. That'll be interesting. Okay. I mean, listen, that Jays lineup is pretty scary. Thank God their pitching staff is not good past uh, that prospect Peterson. We talked about it after they signed Every Springer, year, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, their offense is hoping that they win 11-9 a lot of games. Definitely. Which they yeah. might. They can win a lot of games that way. Hopefully none against the Yankees. Final signing we have here uh, of note is Andleton Simmons. One year, $10.5 million deal to the Twins. Another interesting one for me because, I mean, the Twins had a pretty good shortstop as well. Yeah, they did. I was kind of interested to see why they went this route. I guess what they're hoping for is that Simmons is going to give them an upgraded shortstop, which he pretty much is. He's a... He's a wizard at short, and it's a one-year deal, and they'll, they'll probably move the other guy around a little bit, and, um, you know, the Twins seem to know what they're doing. Yeah, definitely a good small market team. Um, all right, Sean, let's get it over with before we move on to the NBA and wrap our quick Monday rundown. I was going to say, you, 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 you mentioned Steven Matz. Where do you go? Steven Matz was traded, um, speaking of... Blue Jays pitching, he was traded to Toronto. I can't oh, even talk. So they upgraded wow. their staff a little bit there. I mean, another guy that um, if you gave him all the money in the world, he still couldn't figure out how to stay healthy. No. 
And he was bad, so they had to walk low here. Does that you think that opens up Bauer to the Mets? I absolutely I think Bauer was I think once Springer got signed by the Blue Jays, Bauer you might as well just put him in a Mets jersey and now this just says it even more. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. It certainly helps anyway. Because they were trying to stay under that luxury tax, but the hundred and twenty five million that didn't go to Springer, I mean that opens up Bauer right there. Yeah, the Angels also always made sense for Bauer, but the Mets are the only one who have been known to make a formal offer for him. And I just feel like, much like Real Muto, the tea leaves are there to read that he's going to sign with the Mets. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's talk MLB Hall of Fame. Um, Jesus. Nobody made it in this year. Surprised? No. <laughs> Nobody on the ballot you? was really deserving. I mean, aside from the steroid guys, and clearly the writers have, have made their points, um, Clemens and, and Bonds only have a year left on the ballot. Were you surprised? No, I, I just think it's a shame because, I mean, you're talking about one of the greatest pitchers of all time and one of the greatest position players of all time, steroids or not. The closest out of all of these guys, which I think is a really interesting discussion that we're going to have is Kurt Schilling, who got 71%, hated it, and then has been asked to be taken off the ballot. And I think before we open up that can of worms, because I know you're going to have a lot to say on it, Clemens and Bonds, as I've said about the steroid guys the whole time, they belong in. It was part of the baseball culture. It was an era in baseball history, just like the dead ball era, just like all the segregation years, just like you know when they opened up interleague and – pitchers always hit there's it's been around for too goddamn long for there to be trying to compare the same fucking sport that happened put them in the hall if you want to put it on the plaque if you want to give them a separate wing i don't care i don't need steroids to tell me roger clemens and barry bonds and next year a rod were some three of the greatest players to ever play baseball and they belong in completely agree with you we've talked about this at length on the pod before it's not like we're asking for Rafael Palmaro to get put into the Hall of Fame or Jose Canseco. These, these look at the numbers. That's all you got to do. Baseball mm-hmm. is a numbers sport, and they are two of the best. R.I.P. Hank Aaron, by the way. Yes, rest in peace, Hank Aaron. That that was sad to see. Uh, and Larry yeah, King. Larry King too. Uh, yeah, it was twenty one. Two thousand twenty one is uh, not starting off the best, but. At least we got a new administration in. And let, that kind of segues very well over the Kurt Schilling conversation, dude. <sighs> Talk Just about give me a your guy. thoughts on him. Talk about a guy that is not welcome on the pod. Fuck that. Kurt Schilling's a fucking idiot. Great pitcher. Beat my Yankees down back in 2004. And he did it with the D-backs, too, from what I remember. And 01. And 01. Um... He's just a fucking jackass. What else can you say? And you know what? If he wants to be off the ballot and not get into the Hall of Fame, fine. But guess what? All your peers, quote-unquote, that you want to vote for you and all that shit, guess who voted them into the Hall of Fame? The fucking writers. This is just the way it's done. It's the way it's done, but I think the way it's done is an absolute crock of shit. Oh, I agree with you. The fact that, you know... um, a writer didn't vote for Mariano Rivera or, or what, what was it? Was it Jeter or Jeter. Rivera? 
that so he wasn't unanimous just because there was no unanimous before and he felt other people yeah it was the year before was rivera he was the only unanimous one he thought it was going to be two years in a row oh no no i'm talking about was it griffey there was one year where one writer didn't vote for for a certain player and their justification was he's not the greatest player of all time so he doesn't deserve to be unanimous might have happened twice because it happened to Jeter last year too. So it might have happened to Griffey as well. Yeah, it's just, I mean, these writers are assholes, but they're all gonna die off. But for Schilling to say that kind of shit, he's just, I understand what he's saying, and and I'm, 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 I'm mature enough to be able to separate everything else he's done minus the baseball career. Um, and I do understand his point on this one, but I just hate Kurt Schilling. There's a lot to unpack here from the way I'm looking at this and I'm going to try to say it as concisely as I possibly can. I hate that the writers vote players in and I hate that there was this clause put in about how it's a character clause basically is that the baseball writers are mandated to make their decisions and cast their ballots, not only on how players play, but also by their characters, which is an unbelievably ridiculous way to gauge. I hear Ty Cobb was an all-time dick. Of course he was. (laughs) You mean to tell me that not every single player in like the 1900s, 1910s, 20s, 30s, 40s weren't racist? We've seen that they all were. Most of them were. And that was part of the game. So none of them, guarantee you, if there was a popular vote, actually there was on the Brooklyn Dodgers. They didn't want Jackie Robinson to play. So... You have all these guys that we didn't know what their personal lives were. I'm not going to go too much into that. It doesn't matter. Kurt Schilling's not in the Hall of Fame because Kurt Schilling's a complete piece of shit. And I don't want to hear people talk about his politics. There's a lot of conservative baseball players and Republicans that have been voted in just fine. It's because he has said some of the most disgusting, hateful, and reprehensible things towards transgender people, towards Muslims towards writers themselves he tweeted one time that he wanted some writer lynched you can't say these things he's he even condoned they didn't condone supported what happened at the capitol a couple weeks ago he is a absolute fucking shot out of a cannon prick (laughs) and they don't and the baseball writers don't want to vote him in because he's a shot out of the cannon prick. But that's not how we're supposed to be electing baseball players. If Barry Bonds never took steroids, there's a chance that people wouldn't put him in just because he was hateable. Roger Clemens, same thing. It, it, it's not supposed to matter. Are they Hall of Famers or not? Okay, I get Pete Rose. Not the most likable guy, but you know what? Yeah, he bet on games. Yeah, you can't have that. Okay, fine. The rest of these guys, steroids, who are these writers to be on their high horse talking about, oh, well, he did steroids, and I'm not putting him in. It was part of the fucking game, like I said. That's a different story. The shilling shit, it truly is remarkable. He's a Hall of Fame pitcher. He won three World Series, uh, or as part of, he went to three World Series. He lost the one with the Phillies. Led Arizona as co-MVP of the World Series with Randy Johnson to beat the Yankees' potential four-peat. Then he goes to Boston, has the bloody shot, bloody sock that's in the fucking Hall of Fame. Wins two in Boston. Okay, so yeah, he did win three. Went to four. 
has a career record over 90 games over 500. If I'm trying to win a baseball game, what's your short list? Because Kurt Schilling's on it. He's not in because he's a fucking prick. It, it, for baseball, that's a sport that's doing everything they desperately can to try to not to try to get new fans. All we talk about is how their labor negotiations are aired out in the midst of a fucking pandemic and how their Hall of Fame in 2021 won't have anybody because everybody they're trying to vote in is either a prick or they did steroids and the writers don't want to put them in. It's so baseball. It's so baseball. And if you and I didn't love it, I could not possibly imagine trying to get into loving it now. Hey, man, I got no, nothing much else to say. It's just, you know, the Hall of Fame is now a popularity contest. Baseball just acts like it's the most fucking sacrosanct thing in the world. And, and it's so pristine. And it's held with such high regard, almost to a deity kind of level. Get the fuck out of here. It's ridiculous. Well, and it's maybe, the second time in 10 years. 2013, nobody won in either. Maybe our next commissioner, Theo Epstein, will, will be a little bit better than our current Robert Jesus. Manfred. And this had nothing to do with Manfred, but it's still... It doesn't, but at the same time, like, he could make a statement. I don't think he can, because he has nothing to do with it. It's between the Hall of Fame and it's between the Baseball Writers Association. Manfred can't really do anything. Well, he better speak up. I mean, I'd like him to speak about how the games are going to start on time in spring training, too. But, yeah, it was just so basic. On anything, please. (laughs) Yeah, but then when he talks, you want him to shut up. That's true. Maybe if he can send Theo. I love him. I I hope Theo's his heir apparent, man, so bad. I mean, listen, he's had success everywhere he's went, right? Yeah. Yeah, he has. Why, why would this be any different? Absolutely. All right, let's talk some NBA, man. We're almost, uh, we're almost halfway there. We're about a quarter, of the, we're a little over a quarter of the way through the season. How are you feeling about the league, my friend? I'm feeling damn good about the league, man. I mean, obviously, yeah, the Clippers now dealing with their health and safety protocols. Um, games, for the most part, have been entertaining. Look, we all knew this health and safety was going to happen, right? Yeah, of course. But the, I think there's good pair at the Western Conference. I mean, it, it is really good. And I don't think that the league itself is, is – I know there's some teams that clearly aren't going anywhere, but I think even some of the bad teams, they're winning games or at least being competitive. What, what stood out to you since we last talked? No, man, I, I echo exactly what you said. I mean, you know, the 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 five seed and the and the, you know, the – the nine seed have the same amount of wins right now. So, I mean, aside from the Lakers, who are clearly the class of the NBA, and the Utah Jazz, who are on an absolute heater, the West could be anybody's. It, it really can be. It, it's The parity is great. And the West has been this way, but I think that it's going to take another Herculean effort for LeBron and AD to get through this West. They're... I think every series is gonna is gonna test them. Um, I think they're game for it. I think they are too. Philly's still playing well. Um, my Sixers, baby, they are my they Sixers. They play this well. They continue to play well. Um, certain guys coming up in trade talks. 
We're mm-hmm. hearing, obviously, the Rockets guys. We're talking P.J. Tucker mostly, uh, JaVale McGee and Andre Drummond and even Kevin Love out of Cleveland. Are there any names that maybe I'm missing or the casual fans missing where I know we're not quite there for the trade deadline, but we're going to get there soon. Is there any is there any under-the-radar guy on a team that you're kind of looking at and say, yeah, he, he's going to be he's going to be moved? Well, I mean, he's not really under the radar because everybody knows who he is, but that's Lonzo Ball. I mean, they're talking – I think the uh, the Thunder, not the Thunder, the um, the Golden State Warriors were talking to the um, to New Orleans Pelicans, a few other teams, and JJ Reddick's on the block as well, and that's a guy that I mean, mostly anybody would want. I, I think honestly, you know who should be in on Lonzo Ball is your Nets. He can play the yeah. He, he can he play defense be, and he can play without the ball. Yeah, he would kind of be better, more defensive and less offensive version of Dinwiddie, especially with his height. But, I don't know, I think the Nets' backcourt is pretty much set. And it might cost them a little too much. Yeah, their biggest thing is they're going to be looking for wings and centers. Yeah, we've been saying that all along. Um, Yeah, those are pretty much the guys that that have a little bit of trade buzz going. I expect the Pelicans have been pretty bad this year. They just look, look like a wonky team, and they are 14th ranked. In the standings, so they're gonna—they're in need of a shakeup. I don't know if that's the right one, but they are in need of one. Um, shout out to the Cavs and shout out to Colin Sexton. He <laughs> bent your nets over twice, right? Twice. And he is playing like a top five player right now. He's been unbelievable, man. I'm so glad you shouted him out because if you didn't, I was gonna. He's been unbelievable. Your nets just need a little more time. They're still rounding into form. And they need a big man. Yeah, this this roster, I don't want to continue to sound like a broken record, but it's far from complete. I mean, they, they, they're going to get rim protectors, and they're going to get another defender or two. I mean, they'll, they'll be able to figure it out. I did hear today that from uh, Shams said that an NBA insider or somebody in the uh, front office on, a, on an anonymous team said it's almost a foregone conclusion that the Cavs are going to buy out Drummond and he's going to join the Nets. Oh, wow. Did you just... I mean, talk about a guy who really doesn't need to have plays run for him and can just do the dirty work. Did you just cream your jeans? Fuck yeah. I mean, <laughs> it would be that. It, it would be that. I mean, I wouldn't, like I said, I would not mind JaVale McGee. Like, if we had to give up a set, like two seconds for JaVale McGee, I would do that right now. Um, but if you can wait on Drummond and you can win enough games simply because you're going to outscore teams, it, absolutely you've got to you've got to be patient and wait for that i can't imagine why cleveland would buy him out though because i know he's making an extraordinary amount of money and maybe that's why teams can't match him in the trades but obviously they're not going to re-sign him next year you mean to tell me you can't get something for him there's not a single team that would be able to acquire him in his 27 million it's a lot of money man they're probably not willing to give up that much to match him so a buyout would probably just—it's going to be a buyout just because there's not like to match that salary. You'd probably have to give up a talented player that you're not willing to give up, right? Or all of your bench guys. Yeah, that's so. why I'm like looking throughout the league, like who could do that? And there's, I guess, yeah, you answered my question. Nobody. Nobody. Nobody that wants to do it. That's that's the issue. Which honestly, it benefits you guys. It does. Well, we see that happen often. It, when teams are able to pick up these guys on the buyout market, I think it was last year the Knicks dumped somebody. Yeah, Marcus Morris 
Oh, no, you got a second for him, right? No, what we got a first. Year? We got a late first. You did get a late first. I think there was a couple years ago where you let somebody go, and you're like, you mean we can't even get a second round for him? And it was like, yeah, nobody's Canter. nobody wants to trade any. That was it. Yes, good call. Who went to Portland that year? Yeah, and lit it up in the playoffs. <laughs> even while <laughs> fasting. Knew he would. Even while fasting. That's right. I can't believe that was going on two years ago. Um your Knicks had a tough road trip, but I thought they played well in a lot of those games. Hey, they were leading at halftime in a lot of the games, and, I mean, the West Coast trip is a drag, especially for a, a very young team. Um, I like what I see with this team still. I mean, Randall, I keep waiting for the other for the other shoe to drop on him, and he is just having a really, really great year for him. Do you think your team's going to be active at the deadline, either buying or selling? Apparently, there were buyers on somebody. Oh, they were kicking the tires on Derrick Rose, who was already a Nick. I don't know if anybody remembers. Derrick Rose, like, straight up pulled a Kyrie and went MIA for, like, two weeks with the Knicks. <laughs> and listen, I Derrick Rose turning it around, great story, but my question just was, like, why? Right. Derrick Rose is a player that you, you have to give you depth in your, in your guard room and and get you over the top as a playoff team, but, like, why for the Knicks? You think the Knicks should be in on Lonzo? Yeah, I absolutely do. I mean, if the if the the Jets can get Deshaun and the Knicks can get Lonzo, I, I mean, put me in the coffin in in a Lonzo in a Lonzo <laughs> and and Deshaun Watson jersey. I'll I can die a happy man. I don't even Which need the great. championship. I can just think about all the ones that they're gonna win. <laughs> There you go. Yeah, and, and you don't want to be disappointed. So if you no. died with the idea that they're going to win many, it, it might be a better way. Absolutely, and I'll just be their fucking guardian angel. Yeah, that might be where you go wrong. Um, <laughs> I think they should absolutely be on Lonzo, and it sounds like it's going to be somewhat of a fire sale down there, and I don't think they're going to be looking for too much. He's been playing terrible, but it really hasn't been his fault. There's a lot I of ball-dominant players shits. there. Yeah, he, Brandon Ingram should be doing everything on that team. Um, Zion looks bad, by the way. Yeah, he does. He does not look athletic. He looks kind of fat. He looks a little slow. I just think he needs to lose some weight. I think that's going to be a conversation we're going to have about him his entire career. I mean, I think I need to lose some weight, too, but I can still do my job with a few extra LBs, you know? Yeah, you're you're not playing 40 minutes in an NBA basketball game. That's for sure. I think until um, Zion loses the weight, I'm going to call him Bubby, okay? Bubby? Yeah, Bubby. Real clever. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, Bradley Beal, real fast, Nets won 132-128 in overtime against the Atlanta Hawks. The Hawks are a fucking pain in the ass team. They, they don't play, much like the Nets at, at this stage of the year, they don't play any the lesser Nets. <laughs> Yeah, but goddamn, can they score. Um, nice to see the Nets did this week what they couldn't do last week against Cleveland. Bradley Beal, to me, let me ask you about him. Oh, he's gone. See you later. How, how soon? I don't think him and the Westbrook experiment has not worked well with him. Um, did you see him last night after losing to the Rockets? I did. And I sad, think, actually. Felt I, think, bad for him. I think he had 30-plus, so we can't really blame him for any of these losses, really. I mean, 
I could see it before the trade deadline this year. It, I think if the Wizards lose, you know, a couple more straight, things ain't looking good. And the Wizards are the 14 seed right now with three wins. I was just gonna say they're they're right up there with the Pelicans, right down there with the Pelicans. That's a guy where, honestly, as a Knicks fan, I'm willing to give up the farm for him. Thank you. You beat me to it because you knew I was going there. If you can get Bradley Beal, you fucking do it right now. Oh, dude, slam the coffin, lock it shut. <laughs> fucking, I'll die a happy man if we get Bradley Beal. Forget about Lonzo. Jesus Christ, that'd be amazing. Miami's the team that's rumored the most for him. What do you think a possible package looks like from the Heat to Washington? Mm, probably, you probably got to match. You got probably got to throw in Dragic as well as Tyler Harrow. Maybe a mm-hmm. pick. Um, I think you keep Bam, you keep Jimmy, and you keep the uh, the young center that they picked out of Memphis this year. I can't remember his name. I sh- oh, Precious, that's his name. Yeah. Let's just say I can't pronounce the last name. I just don't know Aquaru it. Or something. And I don't want to disrespect him by mispronounce, mispronouncing it, Sean. That's nice. I get people's that's... names wrong. I don't mispronounce them. Yeah, you do. You do both. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, man, that would that I think would make the most sense as a package, right? Do you think there's any other team in contention that would be vying for services that have anything close to that Philly. trade package? I think, Simmons. I think he'd be a great – imagine him and Embiid in a pick and roll. Oof. Yeah, nice. I think uh, – and, you know, Philly still has – I mean, I've been watching a decent amount of Philly. They, they still have some plays where it ends up with Joel Embiid at the top of the key with two seconds left on the shot clock, and he's got to pull up. And it's like you guys still haven't figured out an offensive set. Meanwhile, you know, you get five seconds left in, on the shot clock, just give Bradley Beal the ball. Yeah, he would be the guy to do that. Philly's the team. Um, I, mean, I think those are the two, aside from my Knicks. I'd love to see him go to the Knicks out of all the teams because I think that would be such a fucking great move to even though know that he's not going to make a difference you for think, you this year. What are you thinking on a package for that? Maybe a protected, top five protected or top three protected pick? I don't even think they're going to be in the top three this year, which is... Honestly, it's refreshing to say. Um, it's nice to see that you finally came around on that. I mean, listen, I still, obviously I think the third pick is still better than the sixth, but it's good to see them playing well. Um, I think you probably got to throw Barrett in there. Maybe, maybe they're high on Randall. Well, to make the money work, Randall would have to be part of it, right? I think he's your most expensive player, so... You're looking at him, maybe in Austin Rivers, and then you do whatever you can to keep Barrett, and you throw in Knox and Natalkina, and then maybe two firsts. See you later. I'll drive him to the airport myself. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds like a lot to some people, but it's really not. I mean, Knox, we don't know what he is. Natalkina is a really – we know what he is. He's a really good defensive good six-guy backup point guard. Um you, you try to avoid Barrett, and then you let Randall go, and, and you let somebody else go, like a, like an Austin Rivers, although he's played real well for you, maybe an Alfred Payton. And you build your team around Bradley Beal and go after go after guys in free agency. Absolutely, man. Another theory I got, you got you to gotta make 
when you trade for a guy or or these guys get into their primes, like Bill, you guys got to be good within the first two years of that, or else they're going to want out. Yeah, for sure. And I think that that's the kind of name. I mean, I was actually talking to a friend of mine about the. He he said, you know, don't look now, but I think the Knicks may have won that trade with Porzingis. And I'll say, well. I don't think the Mavs have dominated it, but I will never say a team won when they traded their best young player before his contract was up because he didn't want to be there. No, I don't think for they won that dead ca- Yeah, for dead cap space that was designed for two superstars that they didn't get. And I still don't care. You can't tell me. I don't care if Porzingis, Porzingis loses a leg tomorrow. That that was that that the Knicks still that you would say they won that trade regardless, right? And that was my point too. Is he's a, if he's in New York or if he's anywhere, he's the the tease of him being healthy is enough to attract another great player to come there. Absolutely, I completely agree with you. But I'll tell you what, man, New York sports is looking up, except for the Giants. There's nothing wrong with the Giants. They Giants the fucking suck. Game. They missed the playoff by one game. We got Deshaun Watson in a Jets uniform. Get a real quarterback, would you? Yeah. Well, until I see that, <laughs> I'm going to continue. I'm getting to, ready. I'm getting ready. Watching your baby boy, despite the fact you you threw him out of the trash. Um, yeah, New York sports is looking up. All kidding aside, I mean, there's reason for optimism of the Knicks. They remind me a lot of two years ago. Nets team. They play hard. They're fun to watch. You're not wasting your time. The Yankees are signing guys. I understand some of the risk that come with these players, but you know what? If they hit, this is already a playoff team. This could be a World Series team. The Mets are making moves. Yeah, Mets are making moves. Obviously, my Nets. My pants jumped there a little bit. (laughs) I'm surprised you're still wearing some after the Deshaun Watson conversation. (laughs) And uh, and obviously, you know, the Nets have the big three and. They're going to be looking like they're going deep into the post postseason too. So and you got the now New you just York need Mets. Your Johnnies. I said the Mets. Yeah. Now you just need your Johnnies. I think honestly, dude, they're a lost cause. I think they should get demoted to Div two. Well, my UConn boys, they just beat Butler last night, and now they're not going to play again because an official in last night's game tested positive. So. The game against Villanova on Thursday and the game against your boys on Sunday have both been, both been postponed. I did see boys. that. It's uh, the world we live in, man. Speaking of the world we live in, you got anything going on? No, man. Just navigating another week here in Texas. Uh, weather's been fine. Uh, Good to hear, bro. It snowed yesterday. How about yourself? How about yourself? <laughs> uh, it snowed yesterday. That wasn't too fun. I played golf this past weekend on the coldest day of the year, and I had a blast. Played a full 18. I walked the course Whoa. with my two How buddies. How expensive was it? 20 bucks. You were saying it was going to be crazy to try to get a tee time. Not when it's fucking 26 degrees out, my friend. That's how cold it was? Oh, my God. Yeah, dude, you, you smack your driver on the ground. It sounds like you're hitting cement. But I don't care, man. I had a great time. Shot a 92. You. Thanks for asking. Um, yeah, Did you have it a was... couple of beverages with you to keep you warm? What was going on? Hell there? no, man. That shit would have frozen. <laughs> My friends both brought hot, piping hot Dunkin' Coffees. By the ninth nice. hole, they were blocks of ice. <laughs> but you know what? It was a great time. We bundled up just yeah, enough for a Yeah, what are you wearing for a 26-degree golf? I double-socked it, and I wore my biggest pair of shoes. I didn't wear my golf shoes. I wore a pair of sweatpants with a pair of uh, pajama pants under it. 
And then I wore a, uh, an Under Armour kind of long sleeve shirt, but it wasn't restricting. I, I, bought, I went out and bought an Under Armour shirt that was way too big for me. I wore a big hoodie and a vest and a hat, and then I wore my little, uh, I wore a mask, and over my mask I wore one of those, like, uh, you know, the ghillie things that they yeah, had to block right. my face. And to be honest, I broke a sweat. So it, it was all in all, it was an amazing day, and we all shot, you know, under 100. I, I had the worst score of the day because I bogeyed the last hole, but that's okay. Um, it was a great time. If you're getting out there in 26 degree weather, you are you're already killing it. Shoot a 92, that's mighty fine, my friend. I don't well I don't fuck around, bro. I love golf more hey. than more than most things in this world. Hey, well, you put your foursome today for the weekend. Now I got a quick pre Super Bowl prop bet that's not going to go on next week. That I want to ask you now. Sure. What happens first? Kickoff of the Super Bowl, or are you getting out on the course one more time before that? Mm, I'm moving this week, so it's going to be tough, but I've already been asked to play on Saturday. So if I can pull off the rest of this move within the next two days, it'll be me golfing. I put it. I put me golfing at a minus 125. It's a light. It's a light minus, but it's still minus. <laughs> Awesome, man. Well, I hope your move goes well up in the freezing northeast. Um, and good luck on another round on Saturday, too. Yeah, man. Thank you. Um, just before we go, I feel like you didn't give me a little enough love for my hedge. I'm, I'm really excited about this. All right. Congratulations. You're, you know the scene in, Bill, in uh, Happy Gilmore when Happy goes back to Chubbs? He said, I'm stupid. You're smart. You're the best. I'm the worst. You're good looking. I'm not attractive. Just I'll play that for you, and there you go. Just say that with with a little more conviction, and I'll put it at the beginning of the pod. No, we're good. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, have you have you been following what's been going on with the stock market at all, with the Reddit, with the uh, Wall Street bets and whatnot? I have a little bit, but but not too aggressively now. Sean, are I mean Jesus, you're missing out on on millions. GameStop yeah. GameStop was trading at five dollars a share on Monday, and now it's at four hundred. I saw that. Some that guy. Was insanity. I mean, they're obviously falsely pl- propping up these stocks, and it's just a momentum wave. But get in on it, baby! You can retire. I've got my Robinhood account, yeah, so Robin I gotta Hood. do a little. I don't trust do Robinhood. Why? You, why is that? Because it's slower. It uh, they were res- they do fucky things with the trades. I remember I have TD and I have Robinhood, and when Barstool Sports was acquired by Penn Gaming, I put it in an option, which an option is basically a bet, saying that you want to buy the share at this price, even if it goes up, and I made a decent chunk of change off that on TD, and Robinhood, it didn't go through. Huh. All my fucking bad trades go through, though. (laughs) All those go through just fine. Yeah, you sounds like you're not... uh... Yeah, you haven't had the most luck with them. Um, but, yeah, man, it's it's fucking going crazy. I saw that. It was giving people heart attacks over the last few days. Tell you what, so. this isn't advice because all these people that are professionals always say that bullshit. Sean, if you got a couple hundred bucks laying around, put it all in AMC and sell it by Friday, 12 p.m. All right, that's very good to hear because right now I'm unemployed. So if I can make some money without you know having to do much, I'm ready to do that right now. I hear you, bro. Awesome, man. So you kind of buried the lead earlier. Thank you for that advice. Uh, 
our next pod will feature Mike French. Yes, my former roommate and whatever else <laughs> you thought we were. Um, but he'll be coming on. We're, we're going to we're gonna title the pod Couples Therapy. There you go. You've already got the title. It's going to be great. It'll be nice to talk to him. Um, we're going to talk about the quarterback carousel a little bit more in depth. We're going to talk about the head coaches. We're going to talk about what prospects stood out to him. And the senior bowl is upcoming, so he's going to talk about that. Possible trade packages for these guys, uh, and then segue into the Super Bowl. Sounds good to me, Shawnee boy. I will be talking to you on Sunday. Looking forward to it, man. Everybody, stay safe, stay well. Wear a mask. Uh-huh.